and welcome to episode 11 of the Nicely Done podcast. I'm Satya and I'm a writer who lives in Boston. Hello everyone, I'm Amrita and I'm a journalist and I just moved back to New York City. A special welcome to everybody celebrating Pride Month. In words of Harvey Milk, who is an American politician and the first openly gay elected official in the history of California, it takes no compromise to give people their rights and it takes no money to respect the individual. If you are celebrating Pride Month, we are rooting for you. If you're not, we would encourage you to reflect on how to be a better ally, which is something that Amrita and I always talk about. Welcome, welcome. So this week we have a very cool episode lined up, but before that, let's jump into quickly how our last two weeks have been. So what's been on your mind, Satya? Uh, Summer has been on my mind. We've had a heat advisory uh, for like three or four days this past week and it's been so hot in Boston. I also started to like think about the new summer activities in my life. Uh, for example, I went kayaking for the first time this past week and that was a lot of fun. It was a little nerve-wracking because it was my first time but I can see why there is such a sense of celebration around summer in the U.S. It's not like everyone hide in your house, stay away out of the sun and like, you know, switch on the AC. Like there's so many activities surrounding it. And uh, yeah, I think this summer I'm going to like try a few of those. Nice. I'm having a very surreal, but like really nice um, experience of moving back to New York. I was in this exact neighborhood about four four years ago. Um, and that was also like a quick summer that I was spending in a different neighborhood. And I find myself in the exact, like literally to the street, the same neighborhood uh, of Washington Heights, which mm-hmm. is uh, everywhere in the news right now because of a new movie that's based on this neighborhood um, by my very, very favorite Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I watched last night, by the way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's very nice to kind of like... Uh, be in a community and a neighborhood and also see it having a very big so to say Hollywood moment it's very cool it makes me think about like how there would be maybe a movie about different communities about Bombay are made and you know how uh, they will be so I don't know so distinctive and vibrant but uh, that's, yeah that's wow it just took us like a five minutes to bring up Bombay somehow I know but we didn't talk about the chaotic energy. Thank God. And the parties that we have been to. <laughs> there literally might have just been like four parties. And <laughs> we are remembering them across. First of all, there was one party. There was one night. <laughs> Everything else was just work. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's been happening for two weeks. What we are really excited to bring to you is our 11th episode of the Nicely Done podcast. And this is a pretty cool episode. So, so for this episode, we're bringing our observations and thoughts on some pretty badass women. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we watched this HBO show called Mayor of Easttown. And if you haven't seen the show, please watch it. We cannot recommend it enough. Also, this episode might have some spoilers, might not. But um, we should just tell people that it has spoilers so people will go watch it, like just like a recommendation tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of that show set us off into this murder mystery detective show binge. So this episode, we want to bring some of our favorite crime shows uh, in the spotlight, especially those that have put middle aged flawed women characters at their center. And we want to talk about why and what we love about their portrayals so much. Yeah. Mayor of Easttown is an American crime drama limited series created by Brad 
Inglesby that premiered on HBO on April 18, 2021. It stars the very, very talented Kate Winslet as a detective investigating a crime in a small town near Philadelphia. The, the small town is East Town, which is actually a real town in Philadelphia. Interestingly, the town's uh, management, I want to say, or mayor, they all put out a press release saying that, hey, it's East Town is in the news and like we're so happy, but actually none of it is like real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have all this crime happening here. And he is, Brad is from East Town. So that was uh, something, a moment of pride for uh, the small town that probably doesn't get a lot of news coverage. Um, the ensemble in cast includes Gene Smart, Guy Pierce, Julian Nicholson, Andrew Rice, David Denman, Evan Peters, and uh, all the seven episodes were directed by Craig Zobel. I'm sorry if I mispronounced any of the names. Uh, that was not intentional. So Mayor of Easttown, I was seeing so many uh, articles about the show and like, you know, how this is the best show right now on TV and you should watch it. And Amrita and I started watching it and we watched about six minutes of it. And then we were like, okay, we have to go to something else. You know, yeah. we got so consumed with everything else. And for like two weeks, we didn't get back to it. And in those two weeks, I think literally every time we opened our computers, went on Twitter, someone's like, you know, you should really watch my RVs. We know, we know, we know. We're like, are you taunting us? Like, do you know that we did only six minutes or seven minutes of the show? But then that made us come back to it. And um, yeah, after that, we just binged it, I think. I just want to talk about why we love the show so much. Uh, specifically focusing on the lead character played by Kate Winslet, who is uh, a detective called Mare. So, you know, I thought that when, even when we were watching it, some things were very obvious about the character right from the beginning, right? When we saw her, she was always uh, dressed up very shabbily. She has like her hair pulled back. She doesn't look like she has the healthiest lifestyle. She keeps eating whatever she wants. Uh, her fellow characters keep reminding her that she's not had anything all day. So the first impression of her is someone who is not taking care of herself and that's a result of a few things that maybe aren't working out in her life. Uh, but when you have like such a famous and such a gorgeous actress like Kate Winslet, it's a very big contrast, right? And I remember being just very taken aback by like how she was shown because here you expect, and she's a cop, so you kind of expect some level of um, not glamour, but some level of style to a character that plays like a detective or a cop that is generally culturally then someone who's just yeah. sexy and so glamorous. Uh, but here she is just very almost, you know, raggedy and just going about her day, uh, making it seem very laborious, the act of going to someone's house, taking notes, going back to work, it all seems very, yeah, but that was my first impression of uh, her yeah. the show. Yeah, and I think Mayor Sheehan, the eponymous character that Kate Winslet plays, is kind of around the same age as Kate Winslet in real life, as Kate in real life, about mid-40s. So I've read a few interviews in which she's talked about how she felt the additional responsibility of portraying someone who's that age and be as realistic as possible because I think this is something the actor herself 
believes in. She has famously asked people to not airbrush her on covers or, uh, you know, remove wrinkles and stuff. I think we are getting to a really better place right now, but the amount of uh, very realistic yet flattering, but still, you know, rooted in actual reality portrayals of 40 something women are still far and few in between. Either they're like glamorized to being this like really uh, sexy vixen who is just, you know, coming from this place of absolute authority and you're just like, wow. I mean, there are women like that, but that is not who Mare is. And she's talked about how uh, she was like, I have really good skin. So we had to be very uh, careful not to use lighting in such a way that she just looks luminescent, you know? What a problem to have. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, as an actor, I've been taking care of myself. So it's just kind of hard for me to like, look like someone who's really letting herself go and neglecting it and all of that. And so she's actually said that she had to be very careful about how she holds her posture because Kate herself is someone who stands up straight and she's like Mare is not that person she like has the weight of the world on her shoulder she she runs in a different way she walks in a different way so I think everything that we've seen we see and we are like wow that was so cool right this was these are all details that were very carefully gone over by Craig Brad and Kate herself yeah I think it's very cool how she has taken a hold of the narrative of her character I think you're referring to the two incidents which I thought I'll just quickly mention one when I think there was a poster of her and uh, the uh, post-production team was sort of like you know uh, trying to airbrush her very unintentionally and she saw it and she's like I have wrinkles like please put them back that's fine yeah the other famous uh, incident now that people will now refer to which I think is so cool is when there is a sex scene in the movie with her and her, um, the writer that she is seeing. And I think she, the director asked if uh, he wanted her to take off some uh, tummy that was being seen. And she said that absolutely not, don't you dare touch it. So, you know, it's just her taking control was also very cool. Um, Yeah, and I, I also thought that like, it was finally, like you said, time for us to look at a female character uh, who has a lot going on. I mean, she has, um, her, her, she's lost a child to addiction. She has uh, a failed marriage. And then she's taking care of uh, her grandson, who is actually the reason for a lot of drama in her life. So she has a lot going on at home. And, and I thought that like they put that as in the center of the story as well with her because every time she goes to work she's carrying all that baggage with her which is why like maybe the posture uh, maybe the lesser attention to how she takes care of herself because she has so much going on Um, and they didn't like they they didn't show her as someone who's taking it like very well and like handling everything so she you see her as very flawed and very uh, troubled and disturbed most of the times yeah I have read this in a couple of uh, reviews and I have a problem with it. They say that she is an unlikable protagonist, you know, when someone is a certain attitude, I guess, or whatever. And I find that a little painful to read because why is this character unlikable? She does everything right. She takes care of her entire family and everyone else in town. Uh, Yeah, she's not giving you big smiles and like... Uh, pick me up quotes as she like does everything for you but it is so I think so natural for female protagonists that don't have a certain demeanor to be like classified as unlikable 
like you know and i just feel like we just need to remove that filter now i think 5 10 years ago to bring in that uh, sort of uh, observation of like oh it's an unlikable pr- protagonist and it's like comparing this character to house md and be like he's an unlikable protagonist he is not an unlikable protagonist he's a asshole and she is just someone who's going through a lot one thing that somehow follows women characters from their lives onto tv is that whenever you show a male detective you kind of and you kind of see these male characters go do their job come home like you know slam on the couch and like just drink or you know the way that they deal with their day um and it kind of ends the interesting thing about like when you show women even when you interview women they're always asked oh but like how are you managing like your family life or home life or whatever maybe for maybe it kind of works out because if there is such a scrutiny on women to handle uh, in courts their personal life then it kind of like shows on screen as well and i think that that's such an amazing point that mayer makes and several other shows that we're going to talk about they also include the woman after she comes home her day is not over like mayer is fucking fighting uh, rapists and murderers and like chasing them down after she's done kind of like protecting the streets and like chasing down the bad guys she comes home and she doesn't have the option of just like switching off you know she has a mother who's at home she has to take care of her grandson go buy him a birthday gift then return it when he doesn't like like it's it's all of the stuff that you see women go through and i thought it was so great to show what happens after her job also yeah. and it was very like a sensitive kind of portrayal because that's when you actually see what she's going through i really enjoyed how her story continues through the day and not just switches off after her yeah. phase done maybe yeah. not all the shows you mentioned fall into this uh, purview but i generally think that when there are male detectives the focus is on their past and how some of their past has affected them like you know they're bringing up their mothers their fathers uh, failed relationship how that has like kind of formed their personality now but when you do like female characters with the exception of one show which we're going to talk about later the focus is always on how what they are doing is affecting people around them it's almost like the reverse it brings more kind of it brings more scrutiny into their day to day life than you know like for example sherlock is going around saying the worst possible things he can to anyone but we don't really sit with the effects of what he says you know what it has on like other people and stuff it's more of like how his childhood affected him more like his relationship with his brother or like something else in the past but with mayer you see her day to day um sort of interactions with her daughter and all of that and you see how much unresolved conflict there is and you know that she has to unravel it in the timeline of the show it is a big part of her own journey uh and i think maybe that that is a very feminine sort of uh personality trait you know motherhood mothering and in general a nurturing sort of uh attitude towards the people in your life yeah another remarkable thing about the last episode and at this point i think all of all of those who haven't seen the show should uh, uh make sure that they watch it but i think that it's so interesting that they kind of round up the show not just with the crime but with her life because the show is about her right a lot is being said about the last scene and it has nothing to do with like the 
who done it kind of like yeah. um angle of the show which is that mayor is basically investigating a murder mystery and an earlier disappearance uh but the show kind of like brings her back into the center because she the her job is over and the crime is probably solved but she is still working on her own life and i think it resonated with a lot of people to show that it's such an ongoing process grief working through grief working through like um you know the ups and downs of your life with family it's such a uh, ongoing process and it doesn't end but she takes a small step towards it and i thought that that was such a sensitive portrayal and a rightly like and a very rightly handled portrayal for a woman you know i was very happy that they showed her not just looking back at the town that she protected and being like sort of hi did my job but then because that's to me that's what a woman does at the end of the day also very sensitively takes stock of her life the people she loves and makes sure that she's taken care of them and i thought that was just very touching Welcome back. We are on episode 11 and we are talking about some of our favorite women on TV. Uh we were talking about Mayor of Easttown and now we are going to talk a little bit about the binge that followed. Like after Mayor of Easttown we were just like we need more of this content. Why are there only 7 episodes? I just it was just like we just need more. Immediately after Mayor uh, as we were looking for something to watch, Amruta found this amazing British crime show by Sally Wainwright called Happy Valley. Oh my god, I'm so excited to hear to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, Happy Valley is probably one of my most favorite shows ever to be honest. Oof. Um, it's great. No. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, it was just perfect. So Happy Valley is a British crime drama television series. It's filmed and set in Calder or Calder Valley of West Yorkshire in Northern England. It's called Happy Valley because this particular part of the world is known for its uh, drug and opioid addiction and is known in uh, regular speak ironically as Happy Valley. Uh it's written by written and created by Sally Wainwright and also directed by her and it uh, stars the incomparable Sarah Lancashire and Shioban Finneran. it first debuted on bbc 1 and then uh, there was a second series and there is talk of a third planned one it's won the bafta award for best drama series in 2015 and um yeah it's just a spectacular show um there has been a lot of talk of how mayor of easttown is quote unquote inspired by happy valley because happy valley also follows the arc of a detective slash uniformed officer um Catherine Kaywood who is in a whose marriage has broken up following the death of a child who was addicted and she is kind of trying to bring her family together she has a grandson uh from the uh the, chi- the departed child and kind of like how that further complicated her life and she is now trying to solve this crime in this small little uh, town and you know in a in a place where everyone knows everyone 
there are very there are many many similarities some of the yeah. tropes in it are also similar like going to a psychiatrist and kind of informing the viewer through the visits to the psychiatrist of like what's happening what's going on resolving and all of that i think there are there are far too many similarities for the creator of mayor of east town to have not known of the existence yeah 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 especially because it was such a celebrated show you know yeah. how we we saw kate winslet pull off this really difficult complicated role uh somehow catherine kewood just like takes and like elevates it to a different level and the different language yeah and the difference between uh you know the two portrayals also i think is that kate winslet is a little still guarded about it you know she's so hardened by everything that's around her that she is just kind of like almost given up on being like a regular human person um she's had a lot to deal with her life and she's kind of at the end of her patience but i think the character katherine kewood in happy valley she's shown as and this is what i loved about it she's shown as so sensitive there are many moments in the show where when she's overwhelmed she just sits at the wheel of her car and starts crying or when she's really frustrated with what's happening around her she's just shown to completely break down and like you know i love that they showed that she's not someone who's just like okay i'm not going to cry i'm going to hold this in i will go home and then i will sleep it's a very sensitive very sensitive portrayal very real portrayal yeah like someone like her it's not you don't feel a sense of oh my god i can't believe how she does that while there is a lot of awe it's also very real like you can believe i feel like mayor of easton sometimes she's shown as very devoid of emotion yeah you know that that's a little bit yeah Uh, I love but, that like Catherine Kewood's emotions are the ones that are driving it. It's not the job really, but she's just so angry at yeah. you know the opioid crisis, and she's just so angry at people who use and sell and abuse drugs. She's so frustrated with how her past, um, like a part of her past, has been unresolved. That she will just leap out of her car and just chase it. So it's yeah, her emotions that are in the show. yeah in other aspects of her life also not just related to the big yeah. tragic event like you know there is she feels a lot of frustration with her sister she feels a lot of anger for having to like bring up the grandchild and it's very real because no one is like that infallible that you know that there is no even if you've had a shitty day and at the end of the day you have to do something that you just don't have the patience for i think it's very human to be like i can't believe i have to do this now you know and you know she talks about she uh, screams at like her family so much because including the son that she's the well in, in the capacity of the grandson that she's raising yeah. and i love that like you know in the in mero feastar it's still a little sanitized like oh you don't say this to your kid or you know you don't scream at them you kind of like quietly ask them to take a time out but <laughs> catherine's just like i hope like she's screaming at her grandson being like this is why like they will uh, kick you out of school and you know yeah. it's, it's it's so funny yeah as we talk about the emotions of catherine kewood i think it's a great segue to the least emotional female protagonist i've seen on tv which is julian anderson as detective superintendent stella gibson say it say the name right say it i can't say please so gibson is uh uh is the protagonist of the fall a crime drama television series filmed and set in northern ireland um it's created by alan cubit and features jamie dornan as serial killer 
Paul Spector. Very hot serial killer. Yeah, it's produced by Artist Studio and shown on RTE One in the Republic of Ireland and BBC Two in the UK. The series premiered in 2013, and the second series came out in 2014, and the third, and as of now, the last series came out in 2016. There is somehow talk of like a fourth season, and I'm just like, by we barely needed the second and third. Um, but it is also a show that was very well received, especially season uh, series one. Um, it is called one of the most feminist portrayals of uh, detectives and police officers, female police officers, and generally the whole show. Uh, so, Gillian Anderson, who we love from Sex Education, and I have not seen her in anything else, I think, um, is very good. But I think, and I agree with the writer of this. Uh, review in Atlantic, you know, it's like a good thing that has been overdone so much that you just cannot really just, you're just not invested in it anymore. I like the idea of this very non-emotional sort of female detective because that is what male detectives are generally shown as, right? And um, she does not, we don't know about what's outside her life except like one parental influence is a theme that keeps coming back. But we don't really get into like what she wants, her love life. We don't get into any of that. And she looks at everything through a very almost sterile and objective lens. And I think that was very cool. The first series, I was like very invested. I thought she was like the bee's knees. Um, but I think it's sort of like a disappointing end as it goes on, maybe because of like how I watched all three seasons. So uh, back to back, maybe that is some of it, but um, I know you watched it before me. So what did you think of The Fall? Yeah, same. I think I loved the first season because I was uh, coming fresh off Broadchurch, I think, yeah. uh, which is another show we'll be talking about later. And I thought, ooh, like here's a sexy desirable female detective and I wonder what they'll do with it you know like yeah. how do they show someone who is in this like man's world uh, wearing these really like very glamorous clothes and like high heels and walking into rooms with like all these very important um, very high level detectives uh, you know how will they show her to be like a stronger woman character uh, and I was very surprised I think that's a it's a good um, departure from these other shows uh, yeah. as well but I think after the first season I thought that oh that can't be the end of her depth like I can't have that can't be all that she is also yeah. it's a very big contrast between her she is this like reserved but really like she's the good cop and then Jamie Dornan who plays the serial killer is this really emotional very yeah. interested very intelligent and more likable uh, there I use the word again but he is kind of someone who you if you meet the two of them in a room you'll probably get along with him right because he's the more not for long not for long but he's the kind of guy who and I think they wanted to show that portrayal yeah. of her yeah. being this you may not really you know want to hang out with her or even be very inspired by her work uh, but she's so good you're right I think they overdid it a little bit. I don't know why. Why do you think they did season two and season three? And it's not even like they're solving another mystery in that, which I would watch. Yeah, there are like a couple of things. But firstly, this 
line from the Atlantic's review of um, the fall, which we will add in our show notes, is like, in season three, the Netflix show continues to raise questions about misogyny, madness, and obsession. And then it forgot to answer them. I think you're like, absolutely right. You are set up these two uh, protagonists and antagonists and I think generally writers are obsessed with the idea of how you are like opposites of each other, but actually at the core, you're very similar. It's been done with Batman, Joker, and like, you know, a lot of other people as well. Uh, and that, you know, even physically from the outside, she is as white as it can be, like, you know, pale blouses, blonde hair, like un unmarked by any sort of like suspicion, uh, kind of and he's like full black there's all like dark clothes and she's like childless and like romantically unattached he's like a married man who loves children and you know obviously the biggest difference she hates misogyny and he like fucking murders women um, because they are women um, so yeah it's very, uh, I think because it was so well received was one reason why there are three seasons but and also another another reason is uh, something that came up while I was reading this particular uh, review is that it almost seemed like the director created the show and somehow he was like experimenting with a fusion of detective procedural and slow tv did you know what slow tv is it's a Norwegian uh, tv format where people just watch um you know, logs burning for 12 hours or like salmon swimming upstream for 18 hours of just sitting with every little detail. Not that, not because, like it's done intentionally. Uh, if you think even the last scene when she comes back to her home and she opens a glass of wine and she's just sitting there, it's some four minutes long of her just pouring herself a glass of wine and just thinking. There is, it's, it's just a sort of, I think, the director's own... Uh, See, yeah. I would be into that. I would be into watching someone live their life for like 24 hours. I think this is a storyline that comes up in... I mean, this is a story idea that comes up in that movie before sunrise, before sunset. He says that, why don't we have just like a day in the life of someone and we're just watching them live their life. But I would watch that, but I don't know if it works for like... A, detective show because you're yeah. you're really waiting to get to the end and I don't it it kind of felt like why are we watching this and again for the third season yeah it's very and uh, she brings this like extreme heaviness to the yeah. role which is which gets very hard to watch after a while it's yeah. it, it's very laborious and I know why she's doing it but it doesn't break for all seasons it's the yeah. Yeah, it's too much. And she is literally the same mood for like three seasons. Even when she's alone in her office by herself reading something, her eyebrow is like this and she's like, yeah. and you're just like, you don't seem real. Yeah, she doesn't seem real at all. Yeah, and then continuing this kind of like hard, hardened detective, I want to take a break from our international TV shows and go back to something that's Indian that yeah. I've watched and uh, it fits this show's profile uh, it fits this episode's profile of these badass women characters pretty well yeah. i'm talking about the show delhi crime which is an indian netflix original that won an international emmy it's uh, based on the life of former delhi police dcp chaya sharma who mm -hmm. cracked the case of the brutal gang rape uh, of nirbhaya within 72 hours in delhi 
anyone who knows who has grown up in india or is familiar with indian news knows that this was a very very big and very uh, important case of gang rape in 2012 in delhi the and show is based on the woman who actually solved the case yeah. um it's a very very hard show to watch yeah. i think i know a lot of people who have sort of said yeah i know that i have to watch this show but i can't do it because i think a lot of us who were in india at that time or who weren't kind of experienced the after effects of what that gang rape was it was one of the most uh brutal devastating unimaginable cases of violence against women that have happened around the world it the is. role of the detective is played by shefali shah who is an incredible indian veteran actor actress and uh, she finally got this role after we've seen her playing like wives and mothers and all of that yeah. and she is such a joy to watch in this yeah. completely joyless heartbreaking show She like is. a segue after gibson is that you know shefali shah is also a woman who doesn't have a lot of emotion there is no space for her emotion in yeah. this show because everything is happening in 72 hours as she kind of rounds up these four suspects all across delhi in this crime that is very heavily televised and everyone's eyes and attention is on what the police is doing So, I personally credit Shefali Shah for making that show appear even more engaging than the topic because like I said the topic is very hard to for yeah. all of us to watch uh but uh, she is just so good in it she is completely like like you said she is not someone whose personal life comes in at all you just see her at home with her husband and her daughter you have that part where she is a mother but she is so caught up in in her work that you only see her wearing these you know the uh, khaki uh, uniform wardi of the police officer the big belt and she looks kind of like you know bulky and big and she also walks with this kind of uh, posture because she's walking around all indian men and ordering them around yeah. um, it's an amazing and- portrayal she is also very strict firm she's completely in control so you don't see her as mayor or catherine kewood you don't see her even flinch at uh you know something that's happening around her which is making her uncomfortable you will not have any tears there are no sensitive moments uh i think which is more of a commentary of how she is not allowed to show any emotion at all if she does the only thing people will say is that why did they give this job to a woman she couldn't handle it i think okay. it's kind of like the thing about how what society you're based in everyone in uh the irish town uh and the town in philadelphia they kind of trust these two women to do their jobs but maybe because it's india and like how deeply patriarchal we are if she showed even one emotion at any point that yeah. would break her uh yeah. so i think that was kind of like how she decided to approach it it was um it, it's a it's a really good watch even taking away from the storyline just to watch her do this job it's an excellent watch yeah and shubhra gupta our friend uh, who was on our show earlier in her review of indian express wrote uh, where delhi crime scores is a portrayal of a beleaguered police force which is easy to point fingers at which i think talks about your uh, what you mentioned and something i was thinking while watching mayor and happy valley of like there is no space for the detective's emotions to like 
you know we were saying this at many points like imagine this is someone's day they are first at the scene of crime or like they're investigating they're talking with like relatives of people who have lost somebody half an hour ago they're breaking news to like someone and you just wonder um what their days are like and what kind of a toll that takes on like your mind body soul right so and i think it's a really good point that in the indian context there's this additional thing of appearing like you know that you're super tough especially for women um and uh, i'm sure she is such a great actress i love shifali shah she's even in like the short short uh, films that she's done juice comes to mind uh she's so good dude she's so good and i think she has a face of someone who can emote with just her eyes um the show also has one of my fast becoming favorites rasika dugal she is also so highly watchable i find her fascinating it's another great point that like for, for all the shows that we have seen most of the shows that we have seen there's this almost like a teacher student relationship in the shows so mm-hmm. even in delhi crime she uh, shifali shah is not really mentoring radhugal uh, yeah. but she is a younger female yeah. uh, police officer and here she is looking up to uh, shifali shah for direction for mm-hmm. advice on how to kind of maneuver this world where there are all men around you and you, and it's the same thing in um happy valley yeah um i don't remember if there is a similar character in mer but it's a very interesting thing right like you have like the oh, young detective yeah but yeah it's a it's a man uh, in yeah. that right but like you have all these like profiles that they're playing but they're also these like role models in a way it's fascinating i But think the, these older women right and like you want to look to them for like wisdom and yeah yes and which is great i think we should all look up to like find like your favorite mentor and just like grab on to them uh i think the whole mentor mentee and uh, partner trope is a big thing for police force in yeah. general yeah uh outside of india definitely because they say so much about like oh this and uh, in india in the indian context i think less so because it feels like there are more than two people doing everything yeah, um yeah. but i think yeah i think it's used effectively because you're also looking at the character through the lens of someone who's not you but who's not you the viewer he's more of an insider but still you can get to know how you feel about the character i guess yeah watch it it's the other thing that speaking about like you know partners and cops i think it brings us to another one of my favorite shows uh which is the last in this roundup it is the show broadchurch which plays on bbc there are three seasons and it stars uh olivia colman who plays detective ellie miller uh who is working alongside um actor david tennant investigating the murder of a little boy in a sleepy town in the first season olivia colman is incredible in everything she does and i think in broadchurch which is a show that i think uh, got a lot of popularity because of the pairing of david tennant and olivia colman yeah. um also it's this kind of moody very far off town everything is very like melancholic and um there are these stunning visuals of these cliffs and the ocean and i think that kind of they use those uh, images so frequently it sets the mood yeah it's a we recommend this show very highly if you're looking to get really absorbed in uh 
a, a TV show, the characters, the lives of the people, uh, beautifully done. Um, and Olivia Colman is stellar. She is one part of the detective pairing. Um, mm-hmm. But and David Tennant is obviously so amazing, and he plays that moody kind of detective that the male detective in this, and he is he comes on um, to supervise her. Uh, on what would have been her case so you have that dynamic going on that she's already feeling like why do i need supervision i could have handled this on my own and she is very capable very smart very intelligent meticulous as are all the women by the way that we've been talking about like you never see them slip up you never see them making a mistake their attention to detail is is phenomenal and uh, i think the same thing that i noticed with Olivia Colman and Mayer and Catherine is that, uh, you know, this is not a glamorous role. And Olivia Colman appears so easy to watch. She's so likable. She's so charismatic, like when she's on screen. And it's a- uh, I loved it, but special mention to two other women I really, really love who are in the show. Jodie Whittaker, who yeah. plays the mother who has lost a child. But she's oh. the first female Doctor Who. I love her. She's so good. I love her. And also Phoebe Waller-Bridge who comes through in one of the other series. And if you know us at all, you know how much we worship her. Um, So there is a lot in the show for people who are looking for, um, there is crime, there is a whodunit, there is also some humor, uh, which is very nice. And uh, the thing is, it's a very melancholic show and right from the beginning it sets that sort of um, vibe but it's not as heavy somehow as yeah. Happy Valley or Mayor of Town. maybe because Olivia's character is not so deeply hurt as Mayor or Catherine Kaywood maybe that's why but I feel like it's a very melancholic show without making you feel like oh my god how are people like living through all of this you know um, yeah I also, think yeah and it's it's also great to see her being that person who slightly elevates the tone of the uh, show not that she needs to of course yeah. but uh, she's just so good and I think that's again the actor bringing the character yeah. out you know uh, I remember she keeps like going on about oh let's take a coffee break oh you want to get lunch and David Tennant <laughs> screaming at her all the time is always like no let's just do this and she looks at them one day and she's just like, don't you ever eat? And though just the way that she can elevate, you know, a scene with her humor. I have talked about her elevating scenes with humor <laughs> a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, she's she's phenomenal. I think she's amazing. And interestingly, because Broadchurch did so well, they remade it with David Tennant for the UK audience, uh, for the US audience called, uh, and called it Grace Point. It is along with Anna Gunn, who is in The Practice and, uh, you know her? Yeah, she's in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, she's in Breaking Bad, correct, the mother. Um, So Grace Point premiered on Fox. It was not received very well. Everyone's like, without Olivia Colman, what is this show? (laughs) Um, But it just goes to show, just goes to show how much she adds. So I think your point about her elevating the scene is well received. Yeah. And uh, a a few important points for all these women that I really, truly love. And I now look back and this is why I got so emotional at the end of Happy Valley. Uh, 
and i was like in tears because you know these are these are all like we said these are not young women starting out uh, you know uh, their career and full of ambition they're kind of at the since they're middle aged they're kind of at a point where they're weighing things about how much does this mean what does this job mean uh, you know how much can they give to their family it's just so emotional and it's kind of like how much do we ask of women dude how much we want them to do everything and we want them to go home and then do everything it's just it's it's very emotional to watch as as women anyway that's just what i yeah. thought great that was a good show uh, and that was our episode um we talked about some great characters that have uh, kind of inspired us to watch better tv and if we missed anything we'd love to know so thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please follow us on our social media pages we're on facebook twitter and instagram we're now streaming on all major podcast platforms so get us where you get your podcast fix This episode was brought to you by all the women who have played mothers, wives, grandmothers of actors their own age. So they took one for the team. But enough with the hypocrisy, don't you think? As audiences, let's ask for better written roles for women of all ages, rejecting tropes of women on screen. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.